Be thou exalted. Be thou exalted, O God. Thank you for the death of Christ on the Calvary. Let us thank God for the privilege of today. Our God and our King, we exalt you. If not for the cross of Christ, where shall we be? O Lord, our King, we exalt and magnify your holy name. Thank you for everything you have done, for your death, for bearing the shame because of us, for giving us salvation and freedom, even through the cross. Lord, we bless and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. You are all very welcome to tonight. It's our second night, well, our third night of All Things Are Possible as we are moving into the new day. We are moving to the new day, the third. And this is our great celebration time when Christians all over the world remember the death of Christ and the period that Jesus was in the grave before the resurrection during that season when the hope of all the disciples was dashed and everybody scattered and then they went into hiding places to hide themselves, not knowing that what the Lord told them certainly will surely come to pass. It was a very gloomy day, period for them, let me say. For the three days that Jesus was in the grave, it was hopelessness for them because he expected Jesus Christ to have exercised his supernatural power and, you know, overcome you know, the, the arrest and all what happened in Gethsemane. However, little did they have the understanding at the time that Jesus really, as he has said, will die and according to the, prof- the prophet, and he will resurrect on the third day. And so, you know, the Christian churches globally identify with Christ in his death. But today, we are not mourning. We are celebrating the fact that Jesus even died. And so we're going to lift up our voices together and bless the name of the Lord. Thank God for the death of Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says, Having counseled the written code and its regulations that was against us. Let me finish reading that scripture. It says, I'm going to cancel the, the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it on the cross, to the cross. He took it away, nailing them on the cross. And it says, and having discerned the powers of, of principles and powers, he made a public shoe of them, or a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them by the cross. So lift up your voice and thank God for the cross of Calvary. Begin to pray, pray of thanks. Lord, we bless your name for the cross. We thank you for the victory of the cross. Thank God for what the cross of Jesus Christ is to you. Lord, we bless your holy name. We exalt you. We magnify thee, Jehovah. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. We thank you, Jehovah. Thank God for the victory of the cross, for forgiving us our sins by the cross, for lifting up our head by the cross. Father, we bless you for healing us by the cross, for defeating the powers of Satan by the cross. 
our Lord for cleansing all our sins by the cross. We exalt you. We glorify your holy name because of the cross. It was quite a painful thing. But Lord, you took the pain because of us. You bore the shame because of us. And we come today celebrate you and rejoice in your matchless name. If not for the cross of Calvary, where shall we be today? We thank you, Lord Jesus. We exalt and magnify your name. In Jesus' anointed name we had prayed. Amen. Amen. Tonight, uh, we'll start off the, the meeting as we spent some time refreshing, as Apostle has indicated a few minutes ago, on the story of the cross, leading up to the cross, and the, and the crucifixion of Jesus. So we'll invite a few people to read portions of scripture this evening, um, just to keep us in, in tune and to remind ourselves of the word um, that the Lord, um, that is contained concerning this season we're in. First off, I'd like to invite um, Sister Lucy, She'll be, she'll be reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 26, and she'll be reading from verses 1 to 36 in the NIV. Matthew 26, When Jesus finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and they plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany in home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head and he was as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a very beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, She did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth. Wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, asked, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to and began to and began to say to him one after the other, Surely not I, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. 
the son of man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the son of man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who betrayed him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread, took bread, gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for, for, for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my father's kingdom. When they, sung, when they had sung a hymn, they went, out, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus told them, this very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered. This very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. All and all the other disciples said the same. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dwight, please. Thank you, sir. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 26 from verse 37 to 75. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, Watch and pray so that you will not fall to temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is coming, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you come for, my friend. And the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. 
With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call, my, call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then will the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowd, I, Am I leading a rebellion that you have come with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I sat in the temple courts teaching and you did not arrest me. But this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Those who had, be, sorry, those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, which a high priest where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard at the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. Then the chief priest and the whole Sanhedrin were looking to, for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony these men are having are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You have said so, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, Prophesy to us, Messiah. Who hit you? Now Peter was sitting on, out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where other servant girl, where, I'm sorry, where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call on curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately the rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Brother Toby Obafemi, please. He'll be reading from Matthew 27, 1 to 31. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, church. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, 
he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied? That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it is called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priest and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So the crowd had gathered. Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For it knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting in the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message. Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, crucify him. When Pilate saw he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, his blood is on us and on, and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand, then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit, they spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they, mocked him, after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Take your mother, please. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I shall continue from verse 32 of chapter 27. The crucifixion of Jesus. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, 
they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. The death of Jesus, verse 45. From noon, till, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on the staff, and, forced it to Je- and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection and were in the holy city and appeared to many people. And went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Many women were there, watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's sons. The burial of Jesus. Verse 57. As evening approached, there came a, man, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate offered that it be given to him. Jesus took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his... Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own tomb that he had cut out off the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. The guard at the tomb, verse 62. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remembered that while he was alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, 
his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go and make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting a guard. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. I'd like to invite our Father and the Lord Apostle. Um, sir. Yes, um, you're very welcome again. Have you not been enjoying the uh, story about Christ's journey to the cross? Uh, because we still have uh, one more day to go before the, we remember the resurrection. I will, just, I will just be giving you insights into a few things. If you look at Jesus, the story you have read, are you not amazed of a significant thing that happened? That is, Peter denied Jesus three times. If you read that scripture again from Matthew 26, 69 to 75, you will be amazed. Though Jesus prophesied and told him, that you would deny me. Can I say this to us on the prophetic? When Jesus prophesied to Peter that you would deny me, Jesus was speaking about what Peter will do. He is not, you know, uh, like some of you will view prophetic, which is also a good view, that you can prophesy and speak things that are not to be, and they will be. But prophecy, remember, is revealing mysteries, things that are hidden. So, in the foreknowledge of God, God knows that Peter, though as bold and aggressive that he is, he was, he will come to a place whereby he will be so terrified with fear that out of fear he will deny Jesus Christ. It's just as God knew that Judas was the one who would betray Jesus Christ. So when Jesus was speaking and telling Peter that before the the, the cup crow twice, he would deny me twice, he would deny me three times. It's because Jesus had a foreknowledge by prophetic that this is what uh, Peter will do. But you know, are you not amazed that regardless of the fact that Peter denied Jesus, Jesus still made him the pillar of the church. The intention of Christ about him was not changed. Now, that tells you and I something about forgiving, the forgiving power of Jesus Christ. Many of us, when somebody betrays us or betrays our confidence, we will write them off completely for life. Even some of us will not talk to them anymore. I think tonight we should learn this from Jesus Christ. That you never write off anybody because they disappointed you. You never unforgive anybody because they stabbed you at the back or betrayed you. That should sink into our human mind. Because you see, in God's ordination, pre-ordination, Peter was instrumental, ordained by God to be instrumental as a tool for the vision of Jesus Christ to read the whole world, to be fulfilled. And because of his flesh, he denied Christ. Many people out of their flesh have, 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 you know, done many things like that to us, denied us, backbite us, slander us, 
you know, Starbucks at the back, you do all the good you can for them, but at the same time, they did all the bad they could against you. Don't write them off. We must have the same forgiving heart as Jesus had done. If Jesus forgive us our big debt, which is to not to go to hell, forgive us our sins, we must learn to forgive anybody. I believe that one of the reasons why God will allow that to happen in the life of Jesus is just to teach us how to forgive. That there is nothing anyone can do against you that you cannot forgive. Jesus forgave him and still trusted him. What about you? Think about that. But more than that, for tonight, I want to ask us, why did Jesus die? Why didn't he just come to the world and then, you know, just lived and then, you know, ascend to heaven like some religious some religion said that, that Jesus, as the Son of God came, God sent him, the world was evil, God sent him, and he was preaching good news and stuff. And then when human beings decided to kill him, he, he, he climbed the rope and he went to heaven. Some said that. Some said he did not die, that he just disappeared to heaven. But all of them agreed that he was born, and then he went to heaven. But he denied the death. Why would Satan make all this religion to deny the death of Christ? Let me tell you, look at the book of Romans chapter 5. Let's look at the story of Romans chapter 5. Why they agree about, some even agree about his immaculate conception that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's in Quran. That Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but that Jesus did not die. He went to heaven. And some other religions say that. Now, let's look at this scripture about the death. Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men, because all sinned. That's talking about Adam. Because Adam sinned, all of us became sinners. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. That is, before Moses, there was sin in the world through Adam. But sin is not taken into account when there, was, there is law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come, which is a pattern of Christ. Verse 15 says, But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the man died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gifts that came from that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? So the Bible is saying that if by Adam's death, all of us who are human beings, we, come, we, are, we, are, we are born sinners, how much more will the death of Christ give the gift of salvation to many? Verse 16 says, again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgments follow one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses after many people have sinned and brought justification. So, this is what he's saying. Adam lived first. No man was alive. And because Adam sinned, everybody that is born in this world will become sinners. But the gift of God, Jesus Christ, is not like that. He came after many billions of people have sinned. <laughs> he came in the middle of it. 
So that all the sins committed beforehand forgiven, and all the sins that have been committed thereafter forgiven. And that's what he's saying. For verse 11, verse 17, For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in Christ, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Now, you agree with me. One of the things that the death of Jesus gave us is eternal life. He died so that we may live. He died so that we may reign in life when we are in this world. That we will have supremacy on earth if you are born again when you accept Jesus Christ. But through Christ. Consequently, verse 18, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, that the result of the, the sin of, of, of Adam, we are all condemned. So also the result of the act of righteousness was just justification that brings life for all men. So because Adam sinned, we are, it was condemned, and we all are condemned. That's the reason why it is easy to understand that through the righteousness of Jesus Christ, a man who lived in the world and never sinned, we all can be made righteous. For just as through the obedience of one man, through the disobedience of one man, Adam, the many were made sinners. So also through the obedience of the one man called Jesus, the many will be made righteous. The law was added so that the trespass might increase because law revealed trespass. But where sin increased, grace increased also. That is where sin abound, grace abound the more. Now, so that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I read chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. We die to sin how can we live in it any longer? Verse 3 says, Oh, don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ, in Christ Jesus, we are baptized into his death. We are therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we we too might live a new life. So we died, where Jesus died and, uh, for us and resurrected so that we also share with him in the death that he died. Once you get born again, you share with the death of Christ through baptism into him. And then when he resurrected, it symbolizes that you also have resurrected with him and you have the power to live this new life. You cannot be reckless anymore and say, I don't know. It's not possible. The power is in you. If we have been united with him like this in death, in his death, which is baptism, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection. This is the reason why when we, when we baptize you, we bury you under the water and before we bring you out. It says, for we know, verse 6, that our old self was crucified with him. So that the body of sin might be done away with. That's the reason for the crucifixion. 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Christian cannot be slave to sin. Satan cannot make you commit sin when you are born again. You are no more slave. You are free. You have the power in your mind to say no to the devil. Because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we are dead, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die any longer. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Hallelujah forever. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, brethren, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. So that you obey is this evil desire because you are dead to sin. Do not offer the part of your body to sin as instrument of wickedness, but rather offer your bodies to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the part of your body to him as instrument of righteousness for sin shall not be your master anymore because you are not under law but you are under grace you can understand what the death of christ did to us that when you died in christ when you accept jesus christ sin has no more power over you so the evidence that you are born again is that you can you are you are under grace is that you can no more be reckless verse 14 says for for sin shall have no shall not be your master because you are now under law. You are no more under law, but under grace. If you look at the error in grace, some people who teach about grace who just believe that once you are born again, your grace covers everything. No, 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 no. What the Bible said is that because you are under grace, you are no more in the territory or jurisdiction of sin. Sin cannot control your life anymore, so that you can continue to walk in righteousness. And this is the reason why Jesus died. This is the reason why Jesus died. Let me read to you also from Colossians. And then we are going to stop. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. What God did. What God did. No, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. It says, For he, this is God, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins we'll talk more about that tonight god you remember we're having a meeting we are closing our third day tonight at 7 p.m and then we will break bread god rescued us from dominion of darkness through the death when jesus died bam satan lost that was the beginning of the dilemma of the devil. So that's why the devil said through the 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 the, uh, uh, the high priest, they went to the to the governor and said, "Look, put stone and and seal it with the emperor's seal, so that no man can touch it, and make sure you have your best trained soldiers. Let them stand over the sepulchre, so that Jesus said he will resurrect 
and he said that because of that, if this man, what the what the, the disciples would do is that they will come in the midnight and they will they will steal the body. Put your soldiers there who are the most disciplined, the most fierce, the most you know you know uh, ruthless, so that if anybody comes, they will they will they will they will just destroy him. And then they roll the stone. Many men have to roll the stone because the stone they put at the sepulchre is so, 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 so terrible. Very, very big stone that there will be no way. You know, all these things are because of the confusion of Satan. The confusion of Satan. That's all what's what's causing it. It was moving the mind of people. They are so confused. They believe they torture him and give him a disgrace. But I won't talk about that today, maybe tomorrow. uh, uh, I mean, in this many... But in the 7 o'clock Wednesday, I will have time to really share about that. Everything that Jesus, they stripped Jesus naked, isn't it? When you go to the book of Genesis chapter 3, when God came to, after Eve sinned and Adam sinned and God came, what did they say? When God said that, Adam, where are you? He said, he said, we are naked. So, the, because the glory of God departed, the glory of God was their clothing. They were arrayed in the glory that you can't see their nakedness. They never saw their nakedness. They don't wash their clothes. The clothes God gave to them is just the same every day. Okay? Glory. Probably it changes in glory as God will command it. But the moment they sinned, they were stripped naked. So for Jesus to break the curse of nakedness, he has to go back to Genesis and be stripped naked. They put crown on his head and press it in and hit his head again and again. With crowns, so that blood was coming out. If you look at when God cursed the man, he said that cursed are you. You will till the earth, it will bring you thorns. So Jesus had to take the thorn on his head to break the power of the curse. So that those who believe in him cannot come under the curse that God pronounced in Genesis. So there's a lot about that. However, I'm going to show you the grave of Jesus Christ. We went, went to Israel. You know, people go to Israel, they go to the place where people go round and round and they call that place the grave. But, you know, the archaeologists of Israel who took us to the, to the, to, to the trip, they told us that that place is not where Jesus was, was you know, was, was uh, buried, the tomb, the tomb of Arimathea. They said that's not it. And they now took us to a tomb not far from it, very close to it. And that tomb I'm going to show you now. And the, the historian said, this is the tomb as far as we Jews are concerned. And we are, this is a fact, evidence. You know, we have evidence in this by archaeology. And the archaeological historian told us that this is the real tomb. So don't take photography in that place. Don't take the photograph of that one. They are going. It's not the tomb. And I will show you that tomb. You'll be shocked at where the Savior of the world laid. And from where he resurrected. And you can believe that because it's inside the rock. As it was a cave as at the time. So therefore, you will recognize that God rescued us from the dominion of darkness because of the death of the Son and brought us to the kingdom of His Son, where we have redemption and forgiveness of our sins. If we look at chapter 2, and that's where we're going to stop, we're looking at the, you know, the benefits of the cross of Calvary. And in chapter 2, verse 13 or so, it says, when we were dead in our, in our sins and in the uncircumcision of our sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave you all, our, forgave us all our sins. Verse 14 says, having counseled the written codes 
with his regulation that was against us and stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. So that's why the cross, that's why the cross, that's why he had to go through the cross, because to nail on the cross means every code, every covenant you have made, knowingly and unknowingly, once you get born again, those covenants were nailed on the cross. Someone say you have to renounce them. You don't. You only need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you're when your master shift by confession, then, you know, your ownership has been redefined. It's been redefined. Whether your ancestors make covenant, is they who make covenant. Once you get born again, Jesus nailed those covenants. I love this, this in, in the NIV version. Because the way he put it is so, is so legal. He says he canceled the written codes. And its regulations. The codification was disannulled. The regulation was revoked. That was against us. And that stood opposed to us. So that there is no law granting any opposition against Christians on earth because of the death of Christ. Whether law of man or law of devils, there is no law of demons or man that can stand opposed to you. There is no covenant that can, can remain once you have caught into the covenant of salvation. He took it away, nailing it on the cross. And having disarmed the powers, verse 15, and authority, and I love King James Version better in that verse 15, he says, and having spoiled principalities and power, he made a shoe of them. But I will want to read part of, uh, of, uh, of, of King James Version, which says, having spoiled principalities and powers, and then I will go to King James Version, with, uh, NIV Version to complete it. He made a public spectacle. I love to hear that from NIV Version. Triumphing over them by the cross. By the cross. This is the reason why. If anybody uses satanic power against people in the world and it affects them. When they turn into a Christian and use it, it will not have effect. It has no effect over anybody washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody cursed another man and a curse happened to him. When they curse a Christian, it will look like somebody just talking nonsense. He will gather no water. He has no credence anymore because Jesus disarms the powers of hell. So that no ammunition of Satan has effect on Christians. He has no jurisdiction in where we are. Jesus what disarms Satan. So Satan may be messing about when he turns to you. He has no ammunition. Has no ammunition. That's why I always say to people when I meet some Christians and he says that they are having somebody is attacking them and this one is attacking them. I say forget about them. You only re- re- be sure that you are standing in Christ. Because if they attack you, the Bible says that whoever attacks you shall not be by my doing. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 20, 28 verse 7. He says it shall not be by my doing. He says those who attack you will surrender. And then they will come against you in one way, but they will run in seven directions. Then, uh, Isaiah 54 verse 18 says, No weapon against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of those who fear the Lord and the abdication from says the Lord. So, you only need to walk in the fear of God and all these things are yours for free. Really, the Lord told me one day, why do you mind yourself about unseen? He said, you have the God who is unseen. He handles the unseen. You handle the physical that you can see. From that day, everybody was lifted from my head. I never have a dick again about what I can't understand. If I can't understand something, my God does. So I just go to him straight away. I will get it now. If anybody attack you, you do attack them. Hallelujah. You are their superior. They have no right to do so. 
You remember we have just finished the book, uh, the book of Joshua, and you read all through book Joshua. The army will come against them like sand, like the sand of the sea. You know, several nations come together, but they they are very little tiny nature nation, but they will still overcome them, destroy them, and God will put those nations to flight. When they were fighting one time, God sent her hornets against them, as He promised them in the book of Exodus twenty-two. He sent hornets against them, stinging bees. They were stinging them, and they were running. Enemies were running. You know, God hung his stones on some of them by himself. You know, whenever a Christian is fighting the uh, spiritual battle, understand that God is the one really doing the, the greater work. He will only allow you to just flex your muscle a little bit. But he's the one destroying all those things, all those parts. When you call in the name of the Lord and command in the name of the Lord, you command in the name of the Lord, standing in God and God is happy, God will go and fight your battle for you. So, understand this, that he, Jesus disarmed Satan. Satan has no ammunition against the church. He can only brag. And this, I will stop, is our benefits of the death of Christ. Why don't we lift up our voices and just thank God for the death of Jesus Christ? If not for the death of Christ, where will you be? We just thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for us. Thank you for dying for us. Lord Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for dying for us. Where will we be if you did not die? Where will we be if we not die? It was painful. It was the most gruesome death that any mortal man. They beat him on his back until his back tore to pieces. They opened his ribcage by piercing him. They did everything. The most gruesome the death a man can die is Jesus who died it. And he died that not for nothing. For you and I. So that we can live the victorious life. So that we can uh, uh, be accepted as the children of God. We can access the greatest benefit that any human being can ever afford. And that is to be called sons of the Most High. Our sins are washed away. Our past is buried completely and washed and destroyed. So that our new person is righteousness. And the Bible says we are becoming the righteousness of God. What a wonderful grace. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we exalt you. Lord, we give you the praise and honor. We thank you. That is why we have given, given the promised Holy Spirit. According to the Ephesians chapter 1, if you read that through, because of the death of Jesus and his resurrection, he had given us the Holy Spirit by which we speak in the new tongue. That nobody understands a communication line between man and God. And we begin to speak in the new tongue and we connect with the heart of the Father, and the Father is speaking to our spirit, and mighty things have happened by it. We can cast that devil, we lay hands on the sick, and they are healed. We can see visions, we can see the future, we can hear the voice of the Most High, the Creator of heaven and earth, because Jesus paid the price on the cross. Because He paid the price on the cross. All the testimonies you are given, all the miracles that you have been seen, is because Jesus paid the price on the cross. We bless your name, Jesus. We thank you, our Maker. We thank you, our Lord. You took the shame so that we will not be ashamed. You say unto us, never again will you be put to shame. Why you, O oh God, you strip, you allow men to put you to shame and strip you naked so that we will not be put to shame. You became poor so that we can be rich. You were crucified so that we can live. You died to give us eternal life. We bless you, 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 we bless you. We sing praise unto your holy name in this very time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Blessed be your name, O King of Heaven. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying. Before I pray with you today, 
Let me show you the sepulcher where Jesus was really buried. I will show that to you briefly. If you have a testimony and you are with me here, I want you to just, if you are on the, on the platform, just uh, click your hand and we will, I will recognize that. Look at the place where Jesus laid. Those of you who were with me in, um, yes, in Jerusalem, you can remember. That is it. You see these two uh, holes. Those that is the the uh, grave where Jesus was buried. This very one, and around it over here, that's where they rolled the stone. Really, it was two stones. They rolled the stone, and then the outer court, and they sealed it completely so that Jesus would not resurrect. But all from the grave. He arose a mighty warrior. I can give this to every one of you if you want it, but it will be a good thing for you to go with us in the next uh, uh, trip to Israel. Let me show you another. This is the, the second picture is about uh, Gethsemane. Yes, don't worry. It's about Gethsemane. I will show you that on Sunday. And then we'll talk about the resurrection on Sunday. But these things are real. Somebody who did not believe in Jesus went with me on, on one of the trips. And when we were there, when we go to the sepulchre, he came to me. She, the person came to me and said, Apostle, I believe that the story about Jesus is true. It's really true. When you go to Israel, you can walk on the same road that Jesus carried his cross. Where Jesus fell down, as written in the scripture, that the Simon of Cyrene had to carry the cross. They marked that spot. And you can see that it is so real. These are the things that Jesus did for us. Well, let me, let me read a testimony. I know that this, this uh, time that the Lord spoke to us, a lot of things have happened. But I'll read this to you that was sent to me by one of the members. The first one came in on Wednesday. It says, I trust you are. I trust you are well. I wanted to notify you of a concern for the last couple of months. Okay, um, yeah, the Wednesday, let me get that. That's the, 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 the previous one. That was a revelation. Now, happy Wednesday. Dear Daddy, happy Wednesday. I know you are enjoying this season. You've been sharing nothing but pure joy. And you, you've been hearing nothing but pure joy. I just wanted to give my own small testimony. Happy for you to read it out, but would rather be uh, be kept anonymous. You have you have been speaking about instant answer in the month of March. 
I was rejoicing with a friend of mine who had got a quick turnaround from application to being offered a role. I too then felt a prompt to look for some extra consulting work. I applied for a job last, last Tuesday. I had the interview next day and got, got told the same day that I will be given the contract to do the consulting work. This was a supernatural turnaround. They were also impressed by my presentation during the interview. This presentation related to my solution for their issue. God is faithful and I just wanted to test I wanted my testimony to be to encourage anyone who is looking for work. Move now. The time is now. Be inspired and become empowered. I'm in, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm interested in seeing the best in people. So if anyone is struggling with work, I'd, I'll be more than happy to have a look at their professional profile to see if we can enhance it. The Lord is moving and requires us to move too. Have a blessed day. So if you are looking for a job and you have been getting, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, or uh, we regret, send a send text to to me on the on the church. Um, that's on the on, on the on the mobile number that I'm putting on the air now. Just send me text. That's if you are you are you are looking for a job, you have been you have been turned down, and then we will see how we can help you. It doesn't have to be that you are in England alone because we can look at your profile and look at how you package yourself and we can also reply you and get you, you know, how you should be well structured so that you can attract, uh, uh, you know, those the headhunters and you will get your own job. But faith is what is happening here. God spoke prophetically and he believed and instantly. Because I said by Friday your testimony be added and we can see that. But not only that, another thing happened the following day to him. The following day he said, Apostle, alas, God has done it again. I had the interview on Monday and they said that I'll take, they said, they said it would take three weeks to get back to me. It ended up taking three days. I have just been screaming. I am happy for you to say this testimony. It will encourage many. I am the least qualified to get the scholarship, but God came through in March. What is the testimony? Let me read the testimony to you. What the testimony is, is that... Um, I had that with me. What the testimony is, is that this person applied for MBA and, and the MBA was granted. Instead of three weeks reply, it was granted in three days. And in one of the, the top most universities in England, I think it's World University. And then they gave him scholarship. The the, 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 the the tuition fee is supposed to be 52000 And they gave him scholarship to pay half. 
or 52 or 58,000, but he was given the scholarship to pay half of that. And that is interesting. And I believe that the rest of it will be, God will make provision and he will get, he will get another scholarship to pay it off. God is faithful. When God tells us he will do something, that is what he will do. And so when you have your testimony, always let us have it so that we can read your testimonies to others. There are other people who are looking up to God for a miracle in one thing or the other. When you testify, the, the devil was defeated by the word of their testimony, all right, and the blood of the Lamb. So we understand the fact that testimonies glorify God, that God is doing this again in our midst, and if God can do it for one person, he can do it for everybody. And so enjoy and thank God for this testimony. Shall we lift up our voices together as one and pray? And this is a prayer of thanks. We, God told us this time last year, just a few days before now, we started praying for our countries. In the beginning from England, then it went out, this platform, to everywhere. And this is 372 days we have been praying. However, if you look at the, the, the rate of death in the UK last year, terrible. Over 600 were dying a day. If you look at the rate of death now, it's less than 60. The Bible says, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent of their ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. And we began this prayer concerning our nations. And if you look at different nations that we have been praying for, the rate of death is crushed. And we know that God will answer a prayer for Europe. In this month of April, it will be totally done away with. So let us lift up our voice together and thank God who answered our prayers. Father, we bless your name. You said if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and they will repent of their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And we prayed, we prayed, and prayed every day. We have been praying, we have been praying. Thank you for the strength you have given to us. Thank you for the grace you have given to us. Thank you for the understanding that you did not allow Satan to weary us. Father, and you have done so many miracles. You had our cry over our nation. You destroyed the power of COVID. Oh, Lord, our King, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Now we can celebrate you. Father, we bless you, we bless you. As you say, you will find cure. You gave us the cure. Yes, Lord. It will be published again and again shortly. Thank you for the vaccine that you are given to control the spread. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for people that have been dying, that you stopped them. You stopped many people from dying. Now we have, you have the opportunity to preach again to many people. Rather than they dying by COVID, they are now alive. Even for people who contacted it and you helped their body to build against it. Father, it's all from you. We give you the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. We are going to cry to God for all parts of the world that are still having this problem, that the Lord will destroy the power. We will pray against the delusion of Satan as well. Because if you look at the, the, the vaccine has been rolled out, and some people are refusing. Look at France. They refuse to take the vaccine. The people started dying straight away. Now, after a lot have died, now they now say the vaccine is okay. Can you imagine? It's delusion of Satan. God told us that people will be deluded by the devil to kill and destroy them. And there are still some Christians who are having all these uh, lies passing around themselves across the nation concerning the, the vaccine. 
We are going to pray. Father, Lord, destroy the division of Satan over mankind. Let common sense work for them. Let their mind be illuminated. Let's begin to pray in the name of Jesus. And we will pray for ourselves that in this delusion time of Satan, our minds shall be protected. That the devil will not be able to delude us or, 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 or lie to us or deceive us in any way. That the Lord will illuminate our heart and mind. Open the eyes of our heart to understand the truth. So that we will not follow the crowd when they are, when they are going away from what God is saying. That the Lord will help us. The Lord will help us, strengthen us, open our understanding that we will not be deluded by Satan, either in our family, in our marriages, in our relationship with one another, in our relationship with our friends, our family. Satan will not be able to delude us. In our relationship with God, that our relationship with God will get more intimate, more intimate, more intimate. Resurrection will work for us. Lord, we pray thee, we pray thee, we pray thee, we pray thee. Father, we thank you because you have heard us. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. I speak to your lives tonight. You will not be absent on the last feast with Jesus. When they will sit down on the table at the head of the table. And all his saints are gathered to celebrate again. This Passover we are, you are spoken about, the sacrament that you are spoken about, that we see him face to face and sit with him on the table. May you not be missing. May you not be found wanting. May you not be, may, may, may God not permit Satan to outwit you. And I say to you in the name of the Lord, the Bible says, the Lord Almighty has spoken, he has sworn surely as the plan it shall be. I enforce the plan of God upon all manifestations of your life. I decree that anything happening in your life that is not of God be shut down. Anything that is of God that has been hindered by men of satanic powers, I command them to break loose in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord will make way for you where there is no way. He will open the double doors before you and cause you to walk through them. The Lord will give you insight. He will break the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron before you. You will, you will eat from the, from the, and harvest from the field that you did not sow. Favor will locate you. Mercy will stand over you. The glory of heaven will surround you on the days of your life. It shall be your pillar of cloud in the day and pillar of fire in the night. Whether you are awake or asleep, the light and fire of God will surround you, surround your abode, surround your family. He who dwells on the shadow of the most will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. So it shall be for you. Whatever be your plans for this month, your desires for this month, I declare them granted. Resources will come to you from heaven to fulfill all your dreams. You will increase daily in the knowledge of God and in the knowledge of man. I pray that the fire of God will sanctify your heart and mind. Lord, send your holy fire into our body, into our mind, into our spirit, and clear us, O God. Sanctify us through and through. Everything the enemy has planted in us be destroyed in the name of Jesus Christ. You who have been on your knees for, for a long time, I command your knees to be healed. 
Get up and begin to walk in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anything that is in your body that is not from God, I command them to be uprooted. The Bible says every tree that my heavenly father did not plant shall be pulled out. Anything that is found in your system of your body that is causing you hindrances or your sickness or your family, I curse them from their root to die. I ask that the angels of God will pull them, pull them uproot, 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 uproot. Uproot, uproot them out of you. Receive peace in your bones. Receive peace in your marrows. Receive peace in your joints. Receive peace in your eyes. Receive peace in your ears. Receive peace in your mouth. Receive peace of God in your brain. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I say you should receive peace in your family. Receive peace in your marriage. Receive peace in your family. Receive peace among your brethren. Everything the devil has planted be destroyed and be taken out. In the name of Jesus, may the tree of peace grow within you. May the peace, tree of peace grow within you and bear fruits among you. So shall it be unto you. All the days of your life you shall receive joy of the Lord. It shall be your strength. It shall spring forth like a, like a spring of water and it shall never dry the name of the Lord of hosts. May the Lord grant you encounters of heaven. May the, the, the power of the cross continue to work for you in a magnanimous manner, beyond your understanding and my understanding. I say the power of the cross will work for you. So shall it be unto you. Tonight you are strengthened. Tonight you are empowered. Tonight you are, you are engraced. And tonight you are made whole. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' holy name. Stretch your hand before the Lord. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary. Say amen. And grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Everything you need for success this month, receive in the name of Jesus. Your truth shall be willing the day of your battle arrayed in holy majesty the dawn of the womb, the, the womb of the dawn. So it shall be unto you in this very month. Your hand will grow taller Amen. and your neck will grow, you will stand Amen. tall. Among your contemporaries, you will be singled out. Amen. The Lord will single you out with his glory and power and mercy Amen. so Amen. that all what you desire your heart shall be granted to you. The Lord will give his angels charge over you. They will bring your dreams to fulfillment. So it shall be unto you. We will all shout for joy when we are victorious and we lift up our banner in the name of our God. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the I am that I am, the God Almighty and the God of Bethel, may he reveal himself to us beyond our wildest dream, even in this very month. May we have encounters that we astonish human beings, even from heaven, and may he grant all your petitions in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen, amen and amen.